0: This evening we invite you to the book of Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. For just a few moments we want to consider the account which is given to us here in this chapter. It's one that is uh, familiar to all of us here I'm sure uh, tonight. Uh, It's one of the great chapters. Uh, All all the chapters in in God's word are great, but uh, there are those that are just Uh, ones that kind of stick out uh, uh, in that of your mind. Uh, And this one is uh, one of those uh, chapters. It is the historical background uh, to that of our passage that we studied this morning and over in the book of Hebrews. Uh, It's the account of uh, Abraham and Isaac uh, and the offering up by Abraham of Isaac, his son, uh, unto the Lord. And there are many, many uh, lessons uh, found in this chapter. Uh, We'll just merely scratch the surface, I'm sure, uh, as we go down uh, through uh, the verses here uh, tonight. In verse number one, it begins, And it came to pass, after these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham and he said behold here I am as we come to chapter 22 of the book of Genesis the first thing that is brought before us here in the beginning of the (coughs) chapter is that of a time element you know in the very beginning of verse 1 it says and it came to pass after these things this statement is a time element it's giving us uh, that uh, of the time in which uh, the event that is about to take place uh, 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 happens. Uh, now the question is, what does uh, the, the statement mean? And it came to pass after these things, and especially uh, the phrase after uh, these things. Well, the, the first phrase there, and it came to pass. Uh, the idea here is, is uh, that you know it it came to pass. You know, it, you know. This took place, is the idea here. This took place after these things. Now, these things which are being spoken of here, uh, the immediate context is Genesis chapter 21. And in Genesis chapter 21, we have several things which take place. We have at the very beginning of the chapter, the birth of, of Isaac. Uh, which was that of a miracle. God giving uh, Abraham uh, and Sarah uh, this child uh, that we know of as Isaac. Abraham as far as uh, being able to uh,
1: uh,
0: be a father to that of a child. uh, We know that at the time that the Lord did this, uh, that The Lord had to intervene in the behalf of of that of Abraham, giving him, revitalizing him so uh, that uh, he and Sarah uh, could have a child. But not only that of Abraham uh, did the Lord have to revitalize, but then we had that of Sarah uh, who had been barren all of her life uh, and who was uh, past the age of giving child. And so the Lord uh, had to revitalize her and give her the ability then uh, to have a child. Now, if you look back in the earlier chapters, uh, you learn uh, that Sarah uh, at the time was 89 when she came with the child Isaac. 89 years old. She was 90 when she brought forth Isaac. Abraham, on the other hand, was 99 and was a hundred when he had he and Sarah had that of Isaac. There was 10 years' difference between that of Sarah uh, and uh, Abraham. And so uh, there was a miracle that took place back in the very beginning of Genesis chapter uh, 21, the birth of Isaac. Next, in chapter 21, we have the account of Hagar and Ishmael. And in chapter 21, uh, Sarah, after having the child Isaac, how long it was before this took place, we're not given any specific details, but she sees that of Ishmael uh, making fun of of that of Isaac and it infuriates Sarah and Sarah tells Abraham I'll not have uh, that of this child born uh, 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 to that of Hagar uh, uh, to to do this Cast, cast her out or get rid of her is basically what Sarah told Abraham and so there was the casting out of that of Hagar and Ishmael uh, from the family and uh, there was a mocking of, Israel, of Isaac by Ishmael, then, then there was a sending away of Hagar and Ishmael. and then God, hearing the cry of Hagar and Ishmael is also found in the chapter. And the Lord intervenes and uh, provides for them and tells uh, Hagar that he will make of that of, his, of, of her son, that of great nation. Uh, and then last of all we have a covenant. Uh, between that of Abraham and Abimelech, which is spoken of in the last part of the chapter of chapter 21. Now these things are the things that the phrase here in Genesis chapter 1 refers back to immediately. So it kind of gives us that of a context uh, uh, as to that of the event which is about uh, to take place uh, and to be announced uh, uh, here uh, uh, in verse number 1 says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Here we have the announcement of the event, which is uh, going to be spoken of here in this chapter. And it's that of God tempting Abraham. Now, when we studied this morning over in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we saw where the writer of Hebrews He wrote by faith Abraham when he was tested, when he was tested. Here in Genesis chapter 22, uh, it is God did tempt Abraham. Now, the word tempt, uh, it kind of has some baggage with it, you might say, uh, because as you think of the word tempt, you think of uh, that of the idea of being tempted to do something that perhaps uh, one shouldn't. So normally we think of the word uh, "tempt" in the English language as something that would be uh, that of uh, attempting to do that which is uh, wrong, that which is evil. However, you note here that in the statement that it says that God did tempt Abraham. God doesn't tempt in the way that we've just been speaking of. That is to tempt to do that of sin. James chapter 1 uh, uh, tells us uh, of this. The word tempt here in the Hebrew comes from a Hebrew word which means to test, to prove. It would be that of like taking that of gold and uh, that of gold that we've Uh, have perhaps gone out into the earth and have uh, mined uh, from that of the earth uh, and uh, uh, testing it uh, to see if it is actually gold. So that's the idea or thought that is found uh, here in the word uh, attempt uh, here. And however, uh, also we have over in the book of Hebrews uh, that of the writer of Hebrews using the word uh, when Abraham was tested or when he was tried when he was proved. So, what we have here is is that of God testing Abraham. God testing Abraham. And it is a testing of that of his faith, as we saw this morning in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11. And as we're going to see here tonight in this chapter, not only uh, is it a testing of that of Abraham's faith, But also, there is a testing of that of his love, and a testing of that of his fear of God. His fear of God. And we'll see that later on as we get on uh, uh, into the passage. Uh, The writer of Hebrews focused in upon the testing of Abraham's faith, because that was the subject that he was dealing with. Uh, So... Here in chapter 22, we get a fuller picture uh, of the historical account and that of the actual uh, uh, testing uh, and what it had to do with. So we have an announcement of the event. Uh, God did tempt Abraham. Uh, what does it mean? We've you know, touched upon uh, that God did tempt Abraham, and he said unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Now, here we have a dialogue that takes place. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said, That is, God said, unto him that is unto Abraham he says Abraham and then he that is Abraham said behold here I am so basically what we have here is a a beginning of a dialogue between uh, God and, and Abraham and God Directly addresses that of Abraham here. And Abraham uh, responds to the address. God called Abraham by his name. Which tells us, beloved, that Abraham, that he was someone who was special unto God. God knows those who are his people. He knows them by name. And those who are his, they hear his voice. And that's what we have pictured here in this little dialogue here, uh, where it says that God said unto Abraham, said Abraham, and Abraham responded. He said, Behold, here I am. Now, the revelation that is given to us here is not given to us as far as as to how this took place. The dialogue. Did the Lord God speak out of the heavens to that of Abraham here? We don't have any details, is what I'm getting at. Likewise, as we look back to that of uh, the book of Genesis, uh, the earlier part in Genesis chapter 3, we have a similar uh, situation, you might say, because we have the Lord God speaking unto Adam. Calling out, calling out, unto Adam, Adam, where art thou? So the details of God's revelation here, to that of Abraham, uh, is is not really given to us, other than that uh, what we're what we're told is is that, is that the Lord spoke to Abraham. He called him by name. In verse 2 it says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And he said, that is, God is the one who is speaking here. And he's speaking unto Abraham, whom he has addressed. And he says to Abraham, Take now thy son Thine only son, Isaac. Now there's several things that we would draw your attention to here. And that is, what we have here is is God speaking to Abraham and he's giving him a command. He says, take, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. God is commanding uh, uh, Abraham at this point to take that of his son, Isaac. And note how Isaac is described here. He says, take now thy son, that is your son, Abraham, thine only son, thine only son. Now wait a minute. Back in chapter 21, We have reference to that of a mother and a son. Hagar and Ishmael. In Genesis chapter 16 we have the account of how that event took place. That is Ishmael being born. And it was by that of Hagar and that of Abraham. When the Lord here, speaking to Abraham, says to him, Take now thine only son. He's referring to that only son between Abraham and Sarah had. Between them. Thine only son. Whom thou lovest. Whom thou lovest. God is speaking unto Abraham. Abraham, take your son. We have the relationship of the father, of a father and a son here. And we have the love of a father for a son here being spoken of. Take thy son, thy only son, Isaac, Whom thou lovest. Can you imagine the love that Isaac had from that of his father, Abraham and Sarah? They had for a hundred years looked forward to that time, or 90 years at least. Isaac was a hundred when, or Abraham was a hundred when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90. So at least it was 90 years. They had waited that long, which was the length of their lifetime here upon the earth, for that of this birth of this son. Actually, if you go back and look at that of the time when the promise was given, it was actually less than that of the 90 years. I'm wrong on that. Uh, Probably about 25 years. but can you imagine the love that was there for that of Isaac from that of Abraham and Sarah there's something that is interesting here and that is for the first time in scripture we have the word love The first time in scripture we have the word love. And it's not the love between that of a husband and wife, which we would perhaps expect that is being spoken of. No, it's the love between that of a father and a son, a father's love for his son. So as we think of what is being set before us here, we have not only the actual relationship of that of Abraham and Isaac being spoken of and the love between them, but we have a picture in that relationship, the account that is here of that of a far greater one as far as that of a father and son and love between a father and a son. And that is God the Father and God the Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Go, Abraham, to the land of Moriah. Take thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest with you, and offer him there For a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now I'm told that Mount Moriah, which is what isn't normally spoken of here at this point, is the mountain that is spoken of that is associated with that of the land of Moriah. The statement or the phrase land of Moriah is nowhere else found in Scripture. This is the only place that, that Uh, this phrase is found in Scripture. And it's where there are mountains. Because you know down at the very last part of verse 2, it says, Upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. One of the mountains. Which I will tell thee of. No name is given here. I believe it's in Chronicles that we have that of the mountain which would have been Mount Moriah where the temple was built spoken of. And there's a good many who believe that the one mountain even though it's not named here is actually that very same mountain. Mount Moriah, where the temple was built there at Jerusalem. So we have the place, we have the place of where Abraham is to take Isaac And where He is to offer His Son as a burnt offering. It's one of the mountains in the land of Moriah, which I will tell thee of. A specific one. The Lord was going to reveal unto that of Abraham. And it would be there that He was to offer that of His Son. His only Son, whom He loved. Now, you can see, as I said earlier, that not only is Abraham's faith tried, tested, proved, proofed, but also involved is that of his love, as we see here. His love for God. Will he love Isaac more than God or will his love for God be? over that of his son. In verse 3, we have that of preparations and departure. It says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Abraham rose up early in the morning. The very next morning, Abraham rose up. There was no question about what was going to take place. There's nothing here in the text that would indicate that Abraham, that he kind of was slow in getting up that morning, knowing that of what he had to do, where he was going. No, it says that Abraham rose up early in the morning. Knowing that he had this journey, and he saddled that of his ass. He made provisions uh, uh, by saddling his ass and putting the things that they would need. And he took two of his young men with him, most likely so that they would not be able to have to go alone uh, in case of uh, that of robbers uh, for protection. The idea there. And Isaac, his son, and He clave the wood, or He split the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. He made all the preparations the next morning. There's nothing that would indicate that He was kind of backing off, dreading going forward. No, we see Him going forward. Now there's... In verse 4, it says, Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. In verse number 3, we have two young men that are spoken of. I, in verse 5, we have two young men whom Abraham tells to abide where they are while he and Isaac go to the place to worship. You note there, he says, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. The word that I want to focus in on is lad. Young men and the word lad. Twice the phrase young men is used here in the account and twice the word lad is used speaking with regards to that of Isaac. It is the same Hebrew word for both. The same Hebrew word can be translated that of young men and that of lad. Now the reason why I focus in on this is, is that of the question that arises: How old was Isaac when this all took place? As you read, you find that there are all kinds of ideals as to that of the age of Abraham of Isaac, when this took place. Some place him as that of a young, small child. And yet, as we look at the passage and we note that of the two times that the Hebrew word for lad is translated, it is also translated that of young men. Also, we're told here in the account that it took two days and part of a third for them to arrive at the place where that Abraham could see the mountains or the place where he was told to go to. So we have that of a fairly long journey there, which was probably somewhere between 45 and 50 miles from that of Beersheba to that of the land of Moriah where these mountains were, and to that of the particular uh, mountain Which would seemingly indicate that Isaac was not that of a young child. For Abraham to take that of a young child like we perhaps might think of on a journey like that. Would have been great, greatly much difficult. But what seals, I believe, the idea that Isaac was more than just that of a small child is is the translation of the Hebrew word. There is room, beloved, in that of the definition of that word for Isaac to be that of a young teenager, even all the way up, and I tell you, there are some commentators that would say all the way up into that of the 20s close to 30, when this event took place. I don't know what you've heard in the past. But I believe that Isaac was that of a young man. Yeah, he's described here as that of a lad. Granted, that's the translation that we have here in the King James uh, uh, translation. And it can be translated bad. I believe that Isaac was a a young man. We're told that they saddled the ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claimed the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went to the place at which God had told him. On the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Can you imagine as he viewed that, what was going through his mind? And Abraham said to the young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. Abraham tells the two young men, you stay behind, and I and Isaac will go on up the mountain, and worship, and come back. Or the word worship there has a the meaning of to bow down. And beloved, that's exactly what we see in that of the event here. We see that of a bowing down. We see that of Abraham bowing to that of the Lord God. Acknowledging God for who He is, beloved. And taking that of His Son, His only Son, the one whom He loved, and offering Him upon the altar of sacrifice. Very important the last part of verse 5. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. We don't have the pronoun connected with the word come. But if you look it up in the Hebrew, you find that it is that of first person plural. We will come again. We will come again unto you. So, right here at this point, when Abraham spoke to these two young men about them going up the mountain that is he and Isaac to worship, he says, you stay behind, we're going up on the mountain to worship and we will come back again. Abraham at this point believed. He believed that God was going to keep His promise. The promise of the sea. The great nation and that promised Messiah that would come through Him and that nation, the nation of Israel. Here we have that of the accounting that is spoken of over in that of Hebrews chapter 11 where it says, accounting that God was able to raise Him from the dead. that's an interesting thought and subject abraham believed that god was able to raise could even even raise his son isaac from the dead resurrection where have we heard about the resurrection up to this point in the book of Genesis. Now we know there was an old patriarch by the name of Job. When he lived, totally we're not sure of, but it was it was a long, long time ago. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And on the earth shall stand. And even though worms destroy this body, I shall see him in my flesh. Beloved, the truth of the resurrection it is not something that came about in the New Testament. It's a truth, beloved, that had been revealed. Now, when and how it was revealed, beloved, we're not given all the details. We're not given all the details about a lot of things. But here we see that Abraham, according to Hebrews chapter 11, that he believed that God could even raise his son Isaac from the dead to perform or to keep the promise that he made. Wow. So verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and the an night and they went forth, both of them, together. Ah, oh, beloved, as we come to the New Testament, beloved, we see this very same thing coming to pass. We see that of the Lord Jesus Christ bearing that of His cross. And beloved, uh, God and the Lord Jesus went up that mountain. Up Calvary's mountain. One dreadful morning. Walk Christ my Savior, weary and worn. Now it wasn't until we hear those words as Christ is hung hung there upon a cross, my God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? That God is no longer there in that picture. we see the Father and the Son going up the mountain. The Son carrying the wood. The Father with that of the fire and the the knife. That is to slay His Son and the fire for the burnt offering. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, verse 6, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Where is the lamb? in the New Testament, John the Baptist says, Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Abraham said in verse 8, My son, God will provide himself. Himself, a lamb for a burnt offering. And they went both of them together. My son, God, will provide himself a lamb. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou hast fierce God seeing thou is not without thy son, thine only son from me and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in instead of his son and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. What a glorious picture. God providing himself the sacrifice. The ram was the substitution substitute for that of Isaac. Truly a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what He did for us. But mingled in with this, again we would say to you, not only do we have Abraham's faith being tested, we have his love being tested, and we also have his fear, his reverence, godly reverence. His reverence for God. And it being tested. Will I offend God by refusing to lay my son upon the altar and offer him as God has commanded me to do? No. Abraham, he says, I know. I I know based upon God and who He is that He will keep His promise. He will do that which is miraculous if need be. Abraham offered his son upon the altar of sacrifice. There was no bloodshed. He was given back to that of Abraham. His son Isaac was in that of a figure or a type. Beloved, that figure, that type, all points to that of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the one who is the supreme sacrifice, the real substitute, and the one, beloved, who did die upon the cross. And who was buried and rose again according to the third day and the scriptures. In verse 15 it says, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, thou hast not withheld thy son thine only Son, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men And they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Abraham, I know that thou fearest God. Is what the angel said. Unto him. Lay not thine hand upon him. And then we go on further to read of the blessing of God upon him. The keeping of the promises which God made to Abraham and his seed. And, beloved, when you think about this, Abraham's redemption, his salvation, That is what he was looking at with his son Isaac. You say, how sober is Steve? Because it would be through that of Isaac and that of his son Jacob who would have the sons that made up the tribes of the nation of Israel through which Jesus would come. What a glorious chapter as we think about it. That of God's great love and the offering of His Son as a substitute is pictured right here. Here in the Old Testament, but the Gospel. The Gospel being set before us. We're told over in, over in the Gospel that Je- Jesus said to Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Rejoiced. I believe. You can say that Abraham saw that day right here. If we was to pick out a particular point in time. Abraham was tested. And his. Faith was declared by that of his works. That his faith was real faith. And that's all found there in Genesis chapter 22. And it was by this kind of faith, by the way, we're told that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Let us have a closing hymn. Let us stand. We'll sing Amazing Grace. Amazing
1: grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like We rejoice that uh, in the seed of Abraham all the nations would be blessed. Uh, Father, we are grateful that uh, as Gentiles uh, we uh, are included in uh, the blessing uh, of Abraham's seed. Father, we thank you for the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and for all of redemptive history that has brought him to us and made him precious. Uh, to us, we uh, pray that we might love uh, thee more uh, for uh, your gift of him and love him for his sacrifice in our behalf. Uh, Father, may we rejoice in the wonderful salvation we have uh, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, do bless us. Uh, we pray as uh, we go, out, go throughout this coming week, Lord, may you direct our path. Bless our families. Uh, Lord deliver us all from evil, from the evil one. Uh, Lord, you bless uh, Dan. Uh, May you uh, give him uh, health and vigor uh, or full recovery. Uh, Lord bless uh, Steve Sinclair and um, Sarah. Uh, Lord, may you be with her uh, father with uh, Valerie. Uh, She uh, goes back to normal routine where we... Do pray that in all things, uh, Lord, you might be honored and glorified and uh, we might live to um, bring glory to thy name. Father, these things we pray, we ask this all in Jesus' name. amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. I wonder which it was.